Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together that can help you align mind and heart. Today's topic is about how to help our children or any beloved person, really, when they are suffering. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on GeorginaHudson.net or my Instagram account, GeorginaHudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? Happy week. And today's topic is very close to my heart, and I'm sure the same will be true for you too. And it's about what to do when we see that our children are suffering. And if you don't have children, I invite you to transfer today's talk to any close relationship where the person you love is having a hard time. This is going to be equally valid for tantrums, rebellious teenagers, and even adults with their losses, frustrations, and difficulties. And I'd like to start by honoring you with one of the most human tendencies in the world in these situations. And it is the desire to remove the other person's pain, to have a magic wand that would make it disappear. It is a very noble thing it did. But in our effort to relieve the other person, we can fall into the trap of trespassing the other person's territory and of spending a lot of energy, which unfortunately may not be put to good use. So you might be wasting that huge amount of energy. So the challenge starts by making room for what happens to us when we witness that our children or our loved ones are going through a tough time, because it's not easy for us. And I am raising my hand here and I must be the first to admit how difficult it's been for me to understand this. I don't know if it is the mirror neurons, sorry, or if it is my empathy, but when someone in my close circle suffered, my heart sank tremendously. I didn't know what to do. It was awful. My uneasiness, my desperation was such that my default reaction was to want to sort things out for people because I am a problem solver. So I went into problem solving mode and maybe that was the least thing that person wanted from me. It took me so much time to understand that I can empathize, but without interfering and messing up with another person's emotional universe, which besides that universe belongs to that person and only to them. But, you know, my intentions were pure and good, but they weren't always effective. So, what can we do? All we can do is, you know, stay by their, by their side, by the side of the person who's suffering, while they navigate their emotions. And if those emotions are very strong, and if those emotions manifest, manifest inappropriately, and I'm thinking of an adult, for example, who, you know, replies back at you or says something terrible at you, or um, a child that has a tantrum, or, you know, you name it, uh, then you need to learn to set help, 
healthy boundaries. Um, you know, I hope you start feeling familiar with what I'm saying here. So my children have days when I can notice that they cannot put up with their pain, their anger and their disappointment themselves. And that creates a lot of sorrow in me. Of course, I, I don't feel comfortable at all because they are my children. I want them to feel good. And as I told you, I always have like a plan <laughs> to sort things out. But the problem is that if I tell them, look, I have an idea, do this or do that, I will be first invalidating what they feel because they need to hold space for them to feel safe and to feel what they need to feel in my presence. And second, I will be depriving them from the opportunity to find a solution by themselves. So there are times when I see them and all I have to do is take a deep breath, accept my emotions, and most of them are connected to, you know, pain and, you know, feeling a little despair or frustration. But, you know, I have to accept that. And I need to remember too that I also went through similar situations as a child and as a teenager. So to me, it's key that my children know that I am next to them to listen what they have to share if they want to, because sometimes they don't want to share anything with me, and that I am there to hug them. The power of hugs. Oh my God, I love them. And this is radically different from what a lot of our parents did with us. And this is totally different from what my parents did with me. And I'm not criticizing your parents or my parents because I understand most of their motivations were always good. You know, my parents were certainly very loving with me. But I bring this up because it serves as a concrete example of what I'm saying. For, you know, I vividly remember um, when I was transitioning from being a child uh, to a teenager uh, that I didn't have a good time. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, I loved my life as a child, but the new world as a teenager was a little bit more scary for me. It's a long, long story, a story for a different podcast. But I worried a lot. And my parents would say things like, stop worrying, don't overthink it like that. You know, I, I think about small incidences, you know, or small arguments I might have had or, you know, disappointments and things I, I probably told them about. And, and, and then they saw me that I was ruminating or overthinking and they told me, oh, stop worrying, you know, chin up and smile. And uh, why are you so sad about this when you have so much to be happy? <laughs> so my parents loved me and because of that, they couldn't stand my suffering. But the effect on me was so counterproductive because I felt broken, I felt complicated and I felt ungrateful. I'm sure your children do it too when you you know, um, unawarely say things like, oh, with the food on your plate, there are so many children who don't have any food to eat or, 
you know, oh, please, my, you have everything, you have a house, you've got a car, you've got, you go to a nice school, you know, everything fits um, the feeling of ungratefulness and of being broken. So we need to be very, very aware of that. When our children and our loved ones are suffering, what they expect from us is that we see them and that we support them without feeling a burden for us. And think about it the other way around, when you are the person having a hard time. You don't expect others to tend to your problem. I don't think anyone does. You just need people to sit with you and to hear you if you want to talk. You might even feel grateful for a kind gesture that eases your routine in such difficult times. And when my mother died, I remember, you know, welcoming my friends and I wasn't open to talking, but I was just so happy to share a cup of tea or a glass of beer and, and you know, listening to them myself or some, some of my friends are wonderful. And so they said, oh, you know, I'm going to do um, the shopping, so I'm going to buy things for you. And that, you know, helped me a lot. Um, especially because I couldn't manage things myself. But talking about our children, I want to give you an example with my son. So my daughter, my husband and I were grieving. We cried when we needed to cry. We prayed together and my son kept away from all of us. And he didn't shed a single tear in front of us because... He was afraid of being too much for us. And I know this is the case because I didn't find that very healthy, emotionally healthy. And so I once said to him, I asked him, oh, Petra, how do you feel? You know, um, you can talk to mommy, right? You can, you can tell me what you feel. You can cry. You can kick, you know, your walls. You can shout. You can do whatever you want. And he told me, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about me. Worry about your sadness and take care of, you know, his sister and take care of dad. And, you know, um, I'm okay. I'm okay. You don't need to handle me. You know, you, you need to handle your, your pain. So when I realized what was going on, I had to openly tell my son that I love him so infinitely that I will always be able to embrace him whenever he's in pain and that his emotions are never too big for me to handle and that I'm not afraid of his feelings. That I am above that because, because I adore him, you know? And I think when people are suffering, it's good to reassure them and tell them that, you know, we can put up with their sadness and we can be by their side when they're grieving and then we're not going to be afraid if they cry or manifest in whatever way they need to do unless unless they are being disrespectful in which case as I mentioned at the beginning we need to set a clear boundary and I'm going to return to that a little later so uh, what I told you about my son was very short and, you know, it was very simple, but it was an act that libera liberated him. And this brings uh, to my memory another example of myself when I was 
about his age. So as I mentioned before, the transition from childhood to my adolescence was very hard for me. I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, My teenage years seemed very frightening to me. My hormones were upside down. I was probably PMSing without, you know, knowing it. And, you know, um, I cried a lot and I didn't know why I was crying. And I have a very vivid image of myself sitting on the stairs that led to the attic in the house where I grew up. And my eyes must have been watery because I had been crying, but I didn't want my parents to see me because my feeling was that they couldn't handle me. And my mother told my father that I didn't feel good and that she didn't know what to do with me. And my father told her, and I remember this very clearly, oh, you know what? We must take her to the doctor. So look at how much we can unpack with this tiny exchange. First, my hopelessness made me feel like a hindrance to my parents. And second, my parents' reaction reinforced my fears and my beliefs because in their desperation, they wanted to, and I open inverted commas here, here, fix me with a doctor. So I felt broken. And, And today, you know, When I look back, I understand that all I needed was for them to wrap me in their arms and to offer me a few words of comfort, you know, like, "Um, everything's going to be all right. We see that you are suffering. I'm sorry, darling. This shall pass too. Or let's pray together. Or let's, you know, breathe together. I don't know, you know, something simple. Anywho, so before rounding off, I'd also like to tell you something that the client shared with me and I like it because it's about small children. So she has small children and she was distressed because they were screaming and out of control in a public place and I felt like a fool. (laughs) So she felt overwhelmed, she felt angry and at a loss about what to do. And if this ever happens to you, trust me, your kids aren't doing this to you because the feeling is that they are trying to uh, annoy you. But it's not the case. They just can't stand themselves. And then I will tell you what I told my client. Sometimes children cry because they want us to be the adult parents that they need. They sometimes need us to show them the path that they cannot see at a moment of confusion. So, for example, if your son is frustrated and starts hurting another child, or if your daughter is very tired and sad or angry or whatever, and she starts dirtying the walls of your house, for example, you know, but I took these examples from real life. Anywho, you will have to step in assertively because that is not okay. Period. You will have to get them out of those situations and help them calm down. And when you do, try to see what emotions lie below their behavior, underneath that behavior and that manifestation, external manifestation of their, um, you know, uneasiness. And this is what you always have to be open to, because the better your children manage their emotions, 
the better their relationship with the outside world will be. So it's always a yes to their emotions. And it's always, you know, a clear boundary if their behavior is inappropriate or is wrong. Um, this is what I've always done with my children. But I failed sometimes. It doesn't matter. I could, you know, rise and start again. And you can too. My kids are 10 and 13 now. Oh, we are in May 2022, just in case you're not listening to this, you know, this week and you're listening to this a lot after this is published. So uh, I have been through a lot with my children and there is still, you know, a lot more to come. And I know that it is not always easy, but we have to accept our role as parents. And if we cannot do it alone, we can always ask for, for professional help. And you can ask, you know, a therapist, a coach, and even their pediatrician to help you. But ask for help if you feel quite lost. This is a complex and fascinating topic at the same time for me, because of all the reasons I mentioned. I hope it has helped you. Feel free to share your experiences with us, because we are all in this together. And if you know anyone who might benefit from this or who might need this, forward this podcast to them and invite them to subscribe. Because in this way, we resemble the ancient tribes, you know, where its members help one another. And we need a lot more than that. We, we need more community in our lives. We are very, very lonely. And in addition, we're going to ask you something else. If you like what we are doing, we appreciate your recommendation and even your rating on any of the platforms you are listening to us. This makes us more visible and motivates us to continue offering this free material week after week after week. I'm sending you a big hug and until next week. <laughs>